Welcome to this episode of the Becoming a Willing Student podcast. I'm your host, Tawanda, and my guest today is Esther Sabok. Uh, how are you doing today, Esther? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. So as I always do with all my guests, I'm going to read your bio so that uh, our audience have a little bit more information about who you are. And then after that, we will get into our conversation and, uh, and see where we go. Excellent. Wonderful. So an author, mentor, a real estate investor and licensed professional over 17 years, Esther is known for integrity, diplomacy and sincerity in all her dealings. In her tenure in the business, she has first and foremost strived to be someone in whom her clientele and colleagues can put their trust and faith. She has helped many first-time buyers and real estate investors maximize earning potential and cash flow through real estate. And as a real estate investor, educator, and an advocate for financial freedom and creating passive income, Esther's mission is to empower women, young entrepreneurs, and to educate through mindset and real estate investment strategies. And if your goal is to become financially free, spend more time on your passion and with your family, then you need to take action today. And part of that action is to get in touch with Esther, see how she can help you. And we'll talk more about that later towards the end of the conversation. So welcome Esther, amazing bio, and I'm looking forward to this conversation with you today. Thank you for having me. Looking awesome. forward to it. So I know that you're originally from Hungary. Uh, which is in Eastern Europe. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that experience, how it was for you and how it shaped who you are today? Sure. Um, so I was, uh, in, I was born in Hungary in Budapest and we, we came to Canada uh, when I was 14. So the first uh, part of my life, uh, I was there. And... Um, it was great as a child. I had a good time. <laughs> but uh, as you grow older, you realize uh, um, that um, there are not so many opportunities there. Um, and um, when we left, it was it was a big step for for my parents. I mean, they were middle aged already. And to start fresh in a in a strange world is is quite challenging. But we, we took uh, the chance. And we landed in 89. 89. And yes. So coming from a communist country, Hungary was communist when, uh, when we were still back home. So coming from a communist country, coming to a new world, everything is new. Uh, we didn't know how things go here. Uh, my parents had to look for jobs because we ran out of money on the way. It took a, a little bit longer than we expected. Uh, to arrive in, in Canada. Um, so we were really struggling. And a few years after, Canada actually had a recession. So it was tough times, let me tell you. Um, but it teaches you all kinds of uh, things, right? And opportunities. So uh, things turn around quickly uh, because my parents and like myself, I mean, we're hardworking people. And uh, we turned things around. In six years, we bought our first house. So, you know, we weren't, uh, uh, we weren't, you know, just uh, sitting around waiting for somebody to help us, right? We mm -hmm. looked for, mm -hmm. for opportunities and answers and, 
and trying to make it uh, in this new world. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, interesting story. I just want to do a quick follow up to, to what you said. I came to Canada when I was 23. Ooh, wow. And the adjustment and for me, and, and, and I mean, it was really, I mean, there were a lot of challenges for that. And, but as, as a 23 year old, I'm just curious, you, where you, you came here when you were 14, like, I think when you talk about mindset, what was the hardest part for you uh, in terms of just mindset at 14 and trying to adjust uh, and adapt to this new environment? Because I think for me as a 23 year old, I can go back and look at about like literally everything that I knew about professional development, not everything, most of what I knew about professional development, I had to adjust it. I had to change strategies, uh, you know, like things like networking, for example, like yeah. I knew what networking was, but I never really thought it was something that I have to necessarily be strategic about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the networking is wonderful. I love it. And this is how you and I met too, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, um, I loved our conversation then. Um, and you're still somebody that I, I look to talk to. I mean, your, you know, your experiences, uh, you know, coming to Canada, like seeing a different world, um, completely different. I mean, Hungary had no opportunities whatsoever. Um, when I first uh, went to high school, that was about three days after I landed in Canada. I didn't really speak English. Um, and so it was tough, but, uh, you know, um, they asked me what kind of courses I would like to take. And I said, what? Seriously? I said, I have a choice. <laughs> all, all gym, 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 you know? No, I was just kidding. But you know, I was like, what? Really? And uh, back home, we had eight classes every day. Here you have four. So I was like, Wow. I like it already, right? And mm-hmm. then um, it just uh, began from there. I, I became so curious. And then when I finished uh, school, um, again, I was, I was having a hard time because you come out of university, you just spent like four years studying and spending a lot of money. And uh, when you come out, you're still like, you don't have experience now, right? So people are looking for experience. So I was... Uh, again, at a point where I had to do something, right? And um, it just propelled me further, you know, to, to look and, and look for opportunities. And I found it, uh, that opportunity opened another door and it just kept going like that. And it was, it was wonderful because uh, even those, those times when you have a hard time, something magical happens, you, you're supposed to notice something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, the, the experience, even though it's negative, it drives you to, to that, to realize, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's all new, different, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. You brought in a really interesting word that I, I ha- it has a different meaning now, you know, uh, the word experience. When I came to Canada, you know, everybody talks about the so-called Canadian experience. If you're a young mm-hmm. professional, or if you're just new to Canada, right? And everybody was looking for that. But for you, you were just you'd gone to high school here. You'd gone to to university and college here. So you didn't have the experience that employers, for example, are looking for. So how the how was that different? For like I know as a, because you're a young professional. Because for me, it was like, you know, you just, you don't have Canadian experience because you have people who come here with, with maybe even 10, 15 plus years of experience from their home country. But mm-hmm. as soon as they come here, it's like, oh no, you gotta 
we, we need that Canadian experience. But for you as a young professional who's gone to high school here, who's gone to college here, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel really great, um, actually, because as, uh, as an immigrant, I'm, I find myself more curious than mm -hmm. somebody that was born in Canada, you know, so and, you know, they, um, they don't re like people that are born here, they don't know what it's like not to have most of the things that you have here, like in Hungary, RSPs and uh, business loans, like small business loans. That's awesome. You want me to open up my business? That's that's unheard of right um you know in hungary you go to uh you go to school you go to work and that's it you know um um people don't buy and sell homes uh people don't open up uh, businesses uh, you know um they don't invest money they, i didn't know about stocks mind you i was 14 at the time but my parents weren't into investing anything like that right we didn't know mm -hmm. so when you come here like these things um just you, you, you talk to someone and they're like, oh, so how are you investing your money? I'm like, what? You know, um, and then, of course, I, I start asking questions. And then, you know, I, I went to get a, a mortgage, mm -hmm. right? I said, how much can I borrow? I just out of curiosity. And um, they told me at the time, uh, that wasn't much. Uh, I mean, I, I was only able to borrow $100,000. And I said, well, that's, that's not enough. I, I need more money. How can I get that? How can I get to the level where, you know, where I want to be? I, I want more. I, this was so exciting, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that just drives you more and more and more. You start being hungry for information and uh, you find out all, all these things on, on yourself, right? So that really teaches you a lesson, you know? I love that. I love that you actually said something that really inspired me because that's one of the things that inspired me to create Becoming a Willing Student because my motivation was, hey, coming to Canada, I'm new here. I need to become a willing student. I need to learn about how things work here. I need to learn about mm -hmm. strategies. I need to learn about ideas. So instead of just, and I know there's pressure, I know it's hard, but instead of just complaining about stuff or this is not working, that is not working, how about actually embracing the challenge and, yeah. and, and the learning opportunities and say, hey, what can I learn about this environment, about people, how they work, how they operate? So that's how, that's actually was the original uh, uh, motivation for me to create Becoming a Willing Student and really wanting to, to spread that message. So that's wonderful. Um, um, you know what? I wasn't going to tell you the story because I, I you know, I want to, you know, cover a lot of other things I, I want to share with you guys. So hey, go ahead. just quick, quick story, I promise. Um, so just how things happen. Okay. And, and how I, I really uh, started believing in, in little things. Right. So I come out of university. I have no job. I'm so broke. Um, I owe $30,000. What am I going to do? So I go for interviews. They say, Psh, Sorry, you don't have experience. That's great that you have all this schooling, but we need somebody that can just get into it and, and start working, not too much training, whatever. They needed experience. And I was so upset. I, I went to an interview and they turned me away. Like, I don't know where to put you. What do you want to do? Like, what's, you know, where should I direct you? And I went home and I, I moped around for about 24 hours. And then um, I, I looked into one of those brochures, you know, uh, sometimes you get in the mail with all the classes that uh, uh, the government offers. Mm -hmm. And I found a class um, that was a crash course on like Excel, PowerPoint, all of that stuff, right? You need mm -hmm. that to, 
everywhere, office, mm-hmm. your business, anything you want to do, right? It's like typing in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Comes in handy. And um, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to go and, and do this quickly and then we'll see, you know, what happens. So I went, I finished it and I went back to the same he- headhunter that originally turned me away and said, I don't know what to do with you, right? I come back and she was so impressed that she goes, you know what? I'm going to set you up on an appointment. Uh, can you make it tomorrow morning? I said, I have nothing to do. You know, of course I can make it. She goes, okay, nine o'clock. So I went to the office. It was a financial um, uh, position. And um, I went for the interview. It took like uh, an hour and a half because I had such a good connection with the gentleman who interviewed me. Um, so we just kept chatting and uh, finished the interview, went home. Two hours later, I got a phone call, Esther, if you want to start on Monday, we would love to have you. So you see, and this is where everything started. Then I realized uh, nine to five was not for me, right? It was a great job. I made great money, but nine to five, it, it wasn't it, you know, that's, you know, it's, this is where your passion starts lurking and <laughs> Wonderful. No. I love that. I love how you you took that. You know, you you took the time to to do the grieving that you needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. Hours, but then quickly said, okay, I gotta go back and and and, and do something. Yeah. And then that actually was was the leverage that you needed. Uh so yeah. I want to talk about what drove you and, and you realized that nine to five was not for you through that experience, right? What mm-hmm. drove you then to become um uh, a real estate investor, author, and, and mentor specifically for, 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 for real estate. Why that, not other things? Well, um, so uh, as I mentioned, we bought a house six years after uh, we came here. And um, I was still in high school at that time. I'm just finishing high school and uh, starting university. And uh, it was so exciting. And I loved going to see houses. I, I just had a taste for it, but I didn't realize it at that time. I, um, I um, just, I, need to, I needed to make a decision because nine to five, see, I grew up thinking that I'm not a morning person. And when I found out that I was not a nine to five person, cause, oh, I have to get up in the morning. You know, I just, I can't do this. You know, I gotta do something on my own. And I started searching and real estate was always in the back of my mind. So I went for it. And, um, and let me tell you, I, those two years, it took me two years to get licensed. I was working full time. Uh, I've never been happier. I got up at 6.30 in the morning, no problem, got ready. I started actually my, uh, uh, my nine to five was seven to four. So I had an early start. I was so disciplined because I had a goal. I set out the goal that I'm going to get my license and I'm going to start uh, doing real estate investment and help people invest in real estate uh, the same way that I was doing. So that right there was was a real turning point. And and I haven't stopped. I just I keep growing. Um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, I mentor people uh, because if I can do it, trust me, you can do it. Um, I mean, it's hard work in, at first, but it's so worth it. Um, it's uh, why wouldn't you do it if the opportunity is there, you know? And, and I think a lot of people uh, don't see the big picture and this is why they haven't sort of, sort of made the move to, 
to make a plan for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And, and set a goal that, you know what? I would like to live in a condo by the water. That would be mm-hmm. really, really sweet, right? And then when you have that picture, you, you know, having that view, like let's say the CN Tower, that's motivation. I'm smiling know? really big right now. <laughs> yeah, that's nice, right? So, yeah. and that's, that's how I did it too. I had a, I love Young and Eglinton. Um, and that was my drive. I, I lived at Young and Eglinton. I said, I gotta, I gotta own here because yeah. the rent at that time was $1,400 for a very small apartment. And um, I said, I, I gotta do better than this. This is craziness. I spent $20,000 a year, $25,000 a year just paying rent. So there's part of your down payment already, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just didn't make sense for me to rent. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, and it propels you forward. Like uh, mm-hmm. you're spending all this money on something, on somebody else's mortgage, for example. Wow. Why don't you yeah. just pay your own, right? I like, I like how you explain it. Uh, and especially the idea of envisioning it and, 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 and be able to see it you know, like, you know, living in a condo by the water and, you know, that just, you know, you know, they talk a lot about visualization, right? And how that helps. That's right. Uh, people think that's outdated, I think, because visualization is a technique that I think a lot of motivational speakers and gurus have talked about for a long time, but it's still very relevant even today. You can visualize it and you can see Absolutely. it and you can achieve it, right? That's right. You know what? If you're watching right now, try it. Think about something that you want. I mean, it doesn't have to be my favorite condo picture, you know, like the CN Tower. Um, visualize what you want right now. Have See it in front of you and feel that, that you already have it, you know. And um, let's talk in a little bit, you know. I am visualizing a condo by the water right now. (laughs) (laughs) I am not kidding. I am not kidding to you right now. I am visualizing a condo by the water. So let's see if we can get that happen. Let's do it. Wonderful. You talked about something that uh, I love because you say you always never thought, you always grew up believing that you were not a morning person. Yeah. (laughs) But you actually became a morning person when you find your passion yeah. In, in, in real estate and suddenly you're waking up early you're, you're doing things that you never thought you could do mm-hmm. which make, make, makes me think right now that a lot of the times we limit ourselves because we probably just don't feel great about what we're doing we don't have those powerful amazing goals that we can pursue so we rationalize certain habits not because we're not able to get out of them or we don't have the potential but because we don't have something driving us can, can you speak a little bit more about that yeah, I love this. Um, so, and, and because I see it so clearly, because I came from just that, you know, that, you know, life was just going, you know, it was, it was fine, but it's still like, um, I didn't want to get up to go to work. You know, let's, let's be honest. I, I was a lazy bum, you know, back then. I, I, I mean, I, I studied and, you know, I did what I had to do, but when I had a chance, I, you know, I just, there were days when I, I spent watching movies, uh, you know, for hours because that's what I wanted to do. And now I, I you don't catch me doing that. Like, there's so many things. And uh, when you get excited about what you're doing, you know, like, for example, like, um, you know, my client is closing tomorrow morning. I'm so excited. They're first time buyers. Right. So I'm, I'm so excited. And and um, I keep telling them all the good things that it's going to bring. And they don't see it yet, you know, but I already mm-hmm. know. 
Um, so they're going to thank me in about a year. That's what happened to my, uh, my brother as well. He was so stressed. And then in a year, you know, he's like, you know, thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you'll thank me later. Just, uh, you know, just believe that it's, it's possible. And, and it so is. And it's so wonderful to be in Canada and have these opportunities. Uh, the economy is, is great. Uh, the real estate market is resilient. You know, it's, it's a perfect uh, scenario and, and ingredients for your success if, if you want to take it and it's mm-hmm. yours. Just take it, right? Wonderful. Just take it because it's yours. I love that. Uh, and I know that you are, you know, you are, you're an advocate for financial freedom uh, you know, creating passive income. And that's, that's, that's what drove you to, to get into, into real estate. Yeah. I'm curious about the transition though, for you, uh, from, from your nine to five and then to doing that, because I think part of those, the, the challenge for most people, they're like, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to pursue this, this idea, this business, this entrepreneurship goal. But if I leave my nine to five, you know, I got bills to pay, I got all these other responsibilities because sometimes when we are doing the nine to five, we accrue a lot of things. <laughs> and now for us to be able to transition, we got a lot of stuff to go with us. So how was that for you? And what would, what would you say to people who are thinking about that? And maybe the hesitation they have is strictly that, that I don't know, I'm not so sure about that transition given what I have and what's going on right now. Yeah, so when you're, when you're saying transition, it's not like... Um an immediate uh, change, right? So even the way I did it was I I did the nine to five, I finished my licensing, right? I had two things going at the same time. And when I already got my licensing, I I had to register with the brokerage. So I already dipped into real estate. Like I didn't make a, a, you know, like, okay, I'm quitting, that's it, right? So I had a little bit of money saved up. I knew exactly what I needed to do in order to immediately start working. So I set everything up ahead of time, right? So I didn't make the transition until I had my license and I had um, at least, you know, five to $10,000 on my account, right? So just for padding, you know, like I had a car, I had to pay rent, right? Phone, all that stuff. So I had uh, about five to 10, about $10,000. And uh, as soon as I quit, I already had everything set up. So I just had to start pedaling harder. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I wasn't just beginning at that time, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when, especially when you find your passion and you, you, you're at the point where you're making the transition, you're so excited, you know, that you are pedaling so hard, you know? And that's, that's how passion turns into money and you don't even realize that you're working because you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So with a lot of people, I, I know that that's that's where the holdup is. That's when they're not making the move. But if you plan out your steps ahead of time and, you know, you have a little bit of uh, backup, you're good to go. And I and I salute you for taking that leap. And, and you should. Wonderful. I like that because you focus more. It's, it's really about the strategy. Right. Yeah, and I think totally. sometimes that's that's what, you know, a lot of people don't really think about or yeah. that advice is not given, I guess, in the, the most balanced way that you're explaining, which is, it's not just necessarily a jump sometimes, it's really those specific strategies that you have to put in place to get you to that, to that next level. Exactly, and this is part of the reason you were, you were mentioning mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I, I now I know that I would have been 
uh, more successful faster if I had a mentor. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't even have, um, you know, some of the community that I, I have now. I have uh, different families, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I have my, de- my circle of, of um, power and, and support. Back then, there was nothing. Um, you know, uh, things weren't so supportive, especially towards immigrants. You know, because I came in the wave where a lot of people just arrived, and you know, banks weren't thinking about loaning money to immigrants. You know, it was it was a tough time. You have to right away find work and and not stop. And I think that uh, when I saw that with even my parents, I think that's where I got a lot of my pedaling, you know, and I, and I, I don't stop because if I, if I don't know where the next paycheck is coming from, that makes me nervous, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, absolutely a mentor is essential. Like no matter what you, what kind of uh, things are doing, even mentors have mentors uh, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, you, you connect with some people on a level where they just understand what you're saying and, and they ask the right questions. Mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and those, those are the kind of people that you you need to surround yourself with I, I i agree with you 100 because i think that's for me personally i've seen how just mentorship you know coaching and getting people that 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 can give you perspective that can ask you the right questions how that propels you like you say if you had a community and a team and, and, and mentors back then you know, your success journey could have been way much faster, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's not, because I think people maybe just probably take that from for granted, but you need mentors, especially, like you say, if you're just new to the country, you know, you're trying to figure out, or you're still considering that transition to the nine to five, you need mentors who can guide you. Because it's yeah. one thing, because this is why I love mentorship and coaching. It's one thing to read a book. It's one thing to watch a, to watch a, 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 a motivational speaker. But to be able to sit one-on-one with someone like you who knows about real estate, for example, and investments, to really say, okay, Tawanda, this is what you need to do. This is your three-month strategy. Let's do this. Let's talk every week about strategy. That just goes a long way. That changes your life way much faster than anything. Yeah, exactly. And and especially that I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Mm. You know, we've been through a lot. We came from nothing to even less than that, you know. Mm. And um, it, uh, it really, um, you know, sort of uh, makes you need to do your things, you know, mm. like need to look into things, need to mm. look for stuff and survive, mm-hmm. right? And when you have that, uh, you can sort of guide the next person much better because now you're not only giving facts and, and uh, you know, experiences, you're, you lived it. Like I've been broke. Like I had $80 on my account when I came out of university. And uh, it's, it's a great story. Uh, the bank uh, called me and asked me, you know, why am I paying so much money every month? For, uh, for my transactions because I, I was doing debit transactions. Mm. And I said, I don't know. And she goes, we have a plan for that. Um, I said, okay, great. And she goes, you know, I'm going to put you, I'm going to change your account to that plan and I'm going to refund the money for this month for the past couple of months, as much as I can, she said, uh, just to, to give you, uh, because she couldn't believe how much money was coming out of my account. Now that kind of phone call changes something in you, 
you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. that somebody gave you a hand like that. I was so broke, Tawanda. I'm telling you, I, I didn't mm-hmm. have a cell phone. You know, I, I, can't, wow. I couldn't afford anything, you know. So that kind of leadership is, is phenomenal. And, it, uh, and then you want to give back. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe how, how nice this lady was to me. You know, that's and there are a lot of people out there that need a hand. That's true. That's true. Especially, especially right now with this COVID thing, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that, that need that help. So no, that's, that's a really great story. And I mean, thanks for being so honest and real, uh, you know, being broke is not fun. I know no. <laughs> it makes you want to work and do something to change that. Right. To just, and of if you course. have people to support you, the better. Exactly. Look at, uh, look at the great people like Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. you know, he was broke as, uh, as you can be. He was living mm-hmm. on the streets mm-hmm. and look how great he has become. And he not only is so great, he motivates people to yeah. take action in their life. You know, wow. he's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I follow him every other day. At least mm-hmm. I listen to something from him. Mm-hmm. He just, before we, we get in on this call, I was actually, uh, uh, I check in some stuff on LinkedIn and I think there was a post that he had just put. I like that post where he was talking about that the mind sometimes wants us to settle, but our, our hearts and our souls were born for more. Like, so we gotta, we gotta stay hungry and just go for that and never settle yeah. for just, uh, so I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's amazing and powerful in terms of just helping people. Yeah. It's his yeah. birthday today, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So wonderful birthday, Tony uh, Robbins. <laughs> yes happy birthday to you Tony Robbins if you're watching this <laughs> <laughs> so I did uh, take a look at your LinkedIn profile uh, and uh, you were talking about that your passion uh, you know is really to teach real estate investment development uh, you know buy versus lease hold versus sell uh, could you explain a little bit more about that passion and, and what this what this means to anyone who may not really fully understand what, what it means. Yeah, sure. So buy versus uh, uh, renting. Um, I love having this conversation with, uh, with people because uh, it's always a, an aha moment for them, you know, um, just to um, highlight the options that they have uh, as a first-time buyer even or um, what kind of wealth or net worth they can they can achieve in in a relatively short period of time? So um, and there are of course different uh, strategies how to make money in real estate, but uh, mm-hmm. getting into your first home is always um, you know the hardest. Once you get in into real estate, you'll see it's phenomenal. Some of my clients in their first condo purchase within uh, about a year. They made a profit of $100,000. When I start my meetings with, with something like that, it catches people's attention. And these are true, true facts. Like, uh, you know, I can show that to anybody who's interested. It's, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's available for us, you know. Um, like I said, my, my first uh, purchase um, was because I, I couldn't believe how much money I was spending on renting you know, and I wanted to own and I wanted to, I wanted to do better, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because at the time I was doing nine to five, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I wanted to have the ability to do other things, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not just um, have two jobs, for example, a lot of people have two jobs for a long time, you know, going paycheck to paycheck. I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that life. And, um, 
you know, so purchasing was uh, was a really good avenue to start building building my network. Wow, and so and I love that you know that that's that that passion and vision to really empower you know folks to you know get into into real estate investment and, and, and the education and part of it to any you know young entrepreneurs or young investors who have never done this who are thinking about this. What would be, I mean, just one thing even tonight that they could think about, you know, one investment strategy that you could be able to provide to them, like what would be the starting point? Like what would be one strategy that they could start implementing today to just to move closer to the vision that you are explaining? Um, couple of quick things. Uh, number one, do not uh, underestimate the power of your credit score. Uh, you need to pay attention to your bills um, and uh, be grateful for those bills, you know, like your cell phone bill. I know it's expensive, but there are people in the world for many, many years, they were separated from uh, their family members because they didn't have a phone. So for us to have that mindset to begin with, you know, being grateful for things and not dreading, you know, oh, I have a bill or this and that. Well, you have internet at your fingertips. You, you can call anybody you want to. These are amazing things that we have and we need to feel the, the greatness of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so credit score, super important. Pay your bills a couple of days ahead. Doesn't make a difference, you know, just do it. Um, very important to have a good credit, uh, not just uh, when you're applying for a loan, applying for anything. Uh, people now, I'm doing... Uh, some of the rentals and if somebody has a lower score um, you won't be able to rent a, a condo apartment you know for example something like that um, another thing uh, and it's very interesting because now covid uh, with covid a lot of people are staying home mm -hmm. so now you're not going out for coffee you're not buying your lunch and now people finally see how much money they spend on a monthly basis and I broke this down to my clients many times. And if you think about it, uh, if you buy lunch every day, let's say you just spend $10 uh, a day when you're going to work, not counting the gas that you're spending and all of that, right? Or parking. Mm -hmm. So let's say you spend $10 a day. That's five times a, a, a week. That's $50, right? That's $200 a month. That money can go somewhere else, right? Or you can invest it, right? put it somewhere where it's um, a compound interest account, right? So interest on, on top of interest. And when you do that, uh, even if it's $200 a month and you put it into that account and you forget about it and it starts growing, right? Mm -hmm. And by the time you, you look back and, hey, you know, like a year goes by so quickly, you look at it like, wow, that's amazing, right? So now you, you're starting to understand that you're building, you know, and that's the same idea with real estate. So, but you need to be financially responsible, you know, pay your bills, make sure your credit is impeccable and start setting goals mm -hmm. you know, um, and have that dream. Why not? Pay your bills, watch your credit score, have some goals, powerful strategies. They're so simple, but I, it, it's almost feels like it's the simplicity of those things that sometimes we take it for granted. But then, like, as you say, if you don't follow through on that and be disciplined in that, it's, it's going to affect a lot of things in your life. Exactly. And an easy solution uh, to that is when you get up in the morning, make a list of 20 things that you are grateful for. It's not a, not a lot, 
you know, it seems like a big number, number 20. I can tell you many, many things that I'm grateful for, you know, mm-hmm. and when you start your day in, in that mindset and, and that sort of uh, headspace that you're grateful for things, you'll see that your day will turn around, you know, and, it, and you look at things differently and, and you'll see the opportunities that were there before, but you didn't notice them because you were being upset about something that, you know, just the way it is, right? Mm-hmm, Somebody mm-hmm. stepped on your foot on the way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. focusing on on being grateful is is always uh, key. The mindset and uh, and that's how successful people do it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just uh, stay staying grateful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to come back to this other question, but I want to skip to to another question because you touched on it a little bit uh, when you were talking about credit score and paying your bills on time. I wanted to know how. Because you're right. I think for me, like when, when you talked about COVID and how it has changed how we think about, you know, things that we were spending money on, you know, uh, and you look at like, hmm, because you're spending more time at home. So you can look and say, I was doing A, B, C, D. I probably didn't need to do as much of this. Uh, and, and I have my own that I look at. I'm like, hmm, this probably needs to change. <laughs> how has, you know, real estate investment, you know, helped you think differently about money? Like just in general, like. That's a great question. Um, and it comes down to what, what, um, what I grew up in. And my parents were always saving, you know, uh, but not everybody grows up in that environment, right? Um, so it's, it's really, you know, opening your mind to possibilities and, uh, and just surround yourself with people that are, are already where you want to be you know, and you'll see what a difference, you know, um, starting to think about your future or, or minding your, your money can make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are some of the barriers that you personally encountered when you started going into real estate investment and, and, and development? Um, like I, we talked a little bit about it, like not having a mentor, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that was big. And I see it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, not knowing uh, where to go for questions. Back then, uh, internet wasn't as popular and as handy as it is now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so if I wanted to know anything about banking stuff, you know, I had to mm-hmm. go into the bank. And sometimes when you go to the bank and you talk to a person, maybe that person is not the right person that you, mm-hmm. you need to talk to. So, you know, it's, it's really um, just not having the, the information at the fingertips mm-hmm. like now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. those, those were my barriers and not knowing, you know, uh, yeah, just, just information, lack of information. And lack of information. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And... You may know this, of course, and I think we we sort of have experienced this, but, you know, there's been so many fears, I think, over the last couple of years about uh, Canada's housing market, you know, that there's going to be a major housing market crash, you know, uh, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation and so many uh, credit agencies, they talk about that, that, you know, potential housing market crash. But I did some research uh, and uh, I was reading uh, the monthly food and they actually say that, you know, 
the national average price for a home in Canada rose to a record $621,525 in January. And that's an increase, a jump of about 22.8% from 12 months ago. So when you put that into the context of, you know, what we, we already know, what we are told by the media and, and, and so many other experts that, you know, the, the Canada's housing market is very fragile. And then you look at those numbers and what's, ha what's happened. I mean, this happened during COVID, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. When a lot of people actually predicted that COVID, that that crash was gonna happen during COVID. Mm -hmm. You are the aspect, I'm not. But I think just from the research that I've done and what we hear, how should we think about that? Like as, 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 as investors, as young entrepreneurs, as people are trying to get into this, you as the mentor right now, how should we think about, about this? How do we use this information rather when we're in our thinking yeah. and planning? Yeah, great question. Great question. And, and great that you noticed that. Um, so yes, people weren't expecting what, what was going to happen. But what's happening really, if you think about it, is people are not going into work. They're at home. So now mm -hmm. you're not only saving money by not going into work. Now you need more space at home. Right? So now you're not you not spending the money you have more money in your pocket hmm. and you have a low interest rate now all of a sudden uh you can you can now afford a place right mm -hmm. so that four hundred dollars that you save on a monthly basis gas whatever whatever um is now allowing people to to purchase you know, so the, and also the, the motivating factors, they need more space. So now they need more space and they can afford it. So now people are starting to move and buy. People who are scared, they're, they're driven to, to buy property because they know in Canada, Canada is uh, very resilient. The real estate market turns around within 12 months. So even if, uh, if you take a look at it in 2016, there was a huge drop. And I remember this time because I had a, I had a listing and uh, I had to drastically uh, reduce the price in order to stay competitive in the market. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a lot of money and that was a big loss. But within a year after, not only we, we made up uh, the drop, it was about a 30% drop. Uh, it was large. Um, we not only came back to the 30%, we came on top by two additional percent. Mm -hmm. So it's so resili resilient, sorry, um, even if, if uh, the market, as it naturally does, goes up and down, it will come back up. And this is why, you know, I don't find the, uh, the real estate market in Canada so risky. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, yeah, you have to wait sometimes six months or, or eight months. But, uh, you know, it's worth the wait. You will yep. make money. We'll make money. Yeah. So, you know, people are moving out of the city now. Um, they're buying houses outside of uh, Toronto. Um, and these areas are booming. Uh, I see multiple offers everywhere. Um, you know, people are looking for places. Uh, they're buying, selling, investing, turning the money. And it's wonderful to see. Um, yes, there are people that uh, are suffering, um, but they also are able to recover with the lower rent, for example, mm -hmm. and uh, new jobs coming up. Wonderful. 
you touched on my, my my next question, but I just wanted to go through it because I, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, these are so-called experts telling us this, you know, like we know that buying a home has always been considered, you know, uh, uh, buying a home rather as an investment is always something that has been considered beneficial, right? Yes. Uh, for anybody, Canadian or otherwise, wherever you are, it's, it's considered, you know, a really smart move that you can do. But I think what the experts, including the monthly food, that the astronomical prices right now, they say that it makes it a very foolish move with a small F, like they were saying, to, 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 to invest in a home right now. Mm-hmm. Because I guess, and this is just a guess, that because the prices are so high that, that there's going to be a crash and then you're going to lose out money or something like that. So will I be foolish if I make a choice right now that I want to invest in a home? No, you wouldn't be. Um, a lot of people don't see that, but certain areas in the city, uh, they never stop growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are any, anywhere along the subway line, for example. Um, I had a client who, who thought she was a fool when she was looking and we were looking at uh, condos at that time, this is years ago, mm-hmm. uh, for $350,000. And it, that was, uh, for her, it was a little bit of a squeeze, uh, but it was a great investment because I already knew that they're building in the future and there will be uh, a subway station really close to uh, the property. Mm-hmm. And she didn't take the leap. And we looked elsewhere afterwards. Um, but that apartment a year later uh, went up by $150,000 because they broke surface for the subway station. Mm-hmm. And now people knew what was going on, right? So living close to the subway is, is a little bit more expensive. But if you think about it, you don't need a car, you know? And that saves uh, people 500 to to $1,000 a month you know, and that's a lot of money. Wow, that's, that's an interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing that. So when I was doing this research, <laughs> uh, just, you know, preparing for this, for this, for this uh, podcast, I said to myself, damn, I need help. And that's where I think experts like you come in because I think that mentorship is necessary. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the services that you provide and uh, in the work that you do. I think just to give people a picture of what to expect if they're working with somebody like you uh, when it comes to, to lose that investment. Like, so what, what are some of the, the services that you provide in the work you do? Yes, so um, I work uh, with first-time buyers. I get people ready to purchase. So this is not just uh, you know a few days we get ready. It usually takes three to six months to be ready for a purchase mm-hmm. um, uh, because I like to, to have things set up. And as I told you, that's my strategy to, yeah. to set it up so that you can be successful and then mm-hmm. things can line up nicely and take advantage of all the loopholes, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I help a lot of first-time buyers. I also help investors um, take their portfolio to the next level. So some mm-hmm. people that are, have already purchased their initial um, property, they're not first-time buyers now. So any additional uh, property they acquire would be an investment right? So you become an investor. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you can do that. You don't just have to buy and hold. You can, uh, you can refinance, for example, your existing home and then buy the next one. So some of the strategies that I use with the investors are that. Um, and so I work a lot with investors and I mentor 
uh, not only people who want to invest in real estate, uh, but now also agents as well. And again, getting back to this, this mentoring, it's so important, uh, no matter what you're doing, uh, because you can't be an expert in everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, quick example, if you, if you want to learn vi- how to play a violin, you go to an expert. You don't try mm-hmm. to learn on your own because it's mm-hmm. going to take you two years, for example. But when you hire a mentor, it'll take you maybe eight months. Mm-hmm. So you see... Uh, it makes a big difference uh, if you're doing it by yourself or somebody's helping you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it goes to say, not just, uh, not just with the first time buyers, but investors who, let's say, um, flip properties or uh, buy and hold and rent out uh, properties, things like that. Also, I help people like that. And, you know, yes, I'm a licensed realtor. I do buy and sell homes as well. Uh, but investors come to me because they know that I am also an investor, right? So I look at the real estate a little bit different than just buying a home and living in it and then maybe eventually just leave it for my uh, son or my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. So I like, to, I like to use real estate as a vehicle um, to support my, my investments as well, not just as a, as a paycheck per se. Right. So it makes a difference who, who you're talking to, uh, a, a professional who's who's ahead or a professional who is just, you know, uh, working on the main level. Mm-hmm. I like that, you know, and, and you, you're really important. I think uh, 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 when you talk about you're correct, rather, when you talk about the importance, because it's almost fused to me, like you, the way you provide your services, there is a really huge mentorship component to that which I think is really important because that's, that's what, we, because it almost feels like the reason why a lot of people don't get into things is because we lack that mentorship because we're, we're intimidated, you know, because if everybody hears real estate, everybody's like, what, you know, like real estate investment, everybody thinks about, you know, it's, 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 it's this big stuff. Right. And so people pull back because it can be scary. It can be intimidating, but I yeah. like how you share it. it. It really makes it, it brings it home. You know, you make it easy to understand and, and for people to relate to what it means and, you know, go through all that information and, and try to simplify that. I guess, why is it hard? And this is maybe, I don't want to say off topic because I think it's still important to the conversation. Why is it hard for people? And I think from your context as a real estate investor and author and mentor, why is it hard for people to just reach out and get mentorship? Like, what do you, what, what's the, what, what, what is the scary? Because I, I still do feel that a lot of people, even now, a lot of people need mentorship. I talk to a lot of people yeah. that when I'm listening to them, I'm like, do you realize you are where you were two years ago and you haven't moved an inch? Yeah. If you had been with a coach or a mentor to help you, you probably would be where you wanted to be right now. And yeah. you can see what it's, they're smart, they're intelligent, but they just don't have that, that direction and strategy that comes from mentorship. Why do you think people hesitate to just reach out for help sometimes? I think uh, people are comfortable and uh, they like to be comfortable uh, because as you and I know, growth only happens when you're uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. When you're pushed out there and now you have to swim, you're, you're, you're in deep water, right? And uh, people don't, don't uh, like change. They're, they're scared, you know? And um, 
fear is not just for, for failing. Fear can also be for success. And, and it's, it's a very interesting concept, but people struggle with it. You know, your friend who's smart, um, he, he must be, you know, like, wow, what if I make it, you know, what does that look like? You know, and it's like, whoa, what do you mean I can have what I want, right? So it's, it's, it can be scary. I, I totally get it. Uh, but, um, you know, standing still is, is more painful than, you know, failing mm-hmm. because you fail forward, right? If you, yeah. if you fail at something, then okay, now I know I, I you know, I should, I should do that differently or I should have done something else. So now you're smarter. So next time you try, you're probably going to succeed. Right? That's so true. Wow. That's, that's powerful words. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the team that you're building, because I know you're in the process of building a team for your company. Uh, what that process is, because I really believe in team building, especially as entrepreneurs. I think team building is important. Tell me a little bit more about that and, and your experience with that so far. So this is something new. I, uh, I started uh, mentoring agents as well. Uh, there's a lot of uh, agents who have the potential, uh, but for some reason they have not succeeded like others uh, have. I don't know if you know the percentage, only a top um, five to 10% of the agents are actually driving the market. Um, so just five to 10%? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. This is why when people are saying, oh, there are so many agents, there's over 40,000 agents. Yeah, 40,000 people with licenses, you know, but a lot of those licensed uh, professionals are not uh, working full time in real estate, right? Um, I mean, some of my family members have their licenses too, but they're not practicing, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. selling one or two for themselves and then that's it. So that throws off the statistics a little bit. So... But some people struggle because they um, they have uh, they have some fear that they need to work through. I mean, they're very personable. They know their stuff. Um, sometimes it's branding. Sometimes it's uh, uh, not having the right mindset, right? And um, so that's I, I'm building a team. I want to help new agents. Uh, there are also tenured agents that I, I have on my team. As you can see behind me, there's a reason why I picked this background. This is one of uh, the projects I, I was working on last year. Um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff uh, to do. There's a, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, this was um, a VIP event that I was invited to and I was working on with, uh, with builders. So, you know, uh, tenured agents know what I'm talking about. This is, uh, this is good stuff. This is the most exciting stuff, uh, you know, um, bringing in investors for a VIP event. Um, so I'm, I'm building a team. I'm looking for tenured or um, uh, new agents that want to succeed. Wow. That's, that's powerful stuff. I like that. And it's just illuminating, I think, for me, when you talk about that, that's only 5 to 10% of agencies are actually you know, responsible for the market. Like a lot of people yeah. just have, it's almost like when I hear people like, oh, I'm a certified coach, I'm a certified coach, so this and this and the other. But when you really look at a lot of folks, they, and I don't have data on this, so I want to be transparent, that actually very few people actually making money out of those those certifications yeah. and those licenses, whether it's in the financial service industry, right? And you wanting to just 
bring that and help people. That, that's a really powerful mission to sort of help people move closer to success if they have those certifications. Yeah, and like you said, you've even got to look at who who's doing the coaching on the mentoring. I mean, I, I know people who, who took mentorship from, uh, from uh, a person who was actually an engineer. And, um, you know, maybe he's personable and has, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, um, vibe that you you know that you can bring uh bring good things out of people but you know would you would you have a mentor who who's been a mentor for two years and their background is in engineering or somebody who's been in development and has been a coach for 15 years you know so you really mm-hmm. got to look at the credentials so mm-hmm. i've i've uh i've had my license for over 17 years mm-hmm. uh but i started investing with my with my parents you know, that was the, the start of many great things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first house. So really, really look at who's, who's mentoring you, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, especially in real estate. Uh, you need different kind of experiences um, in order to get the fullest uh, mentor out of the mentorship. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't want to take too much time, but I just want to dig a little bit here because you, we're listening to you. I really agree with you, and this could be controversial, but it's not so much the license that makes you like, you know, for example, the coach or that makes you the mentor. It's the experience that you bring also, the expertise of after having done it as well. Because you're right, there's a lot of people who have that paperwork, but are struggling. Right? And yeah, it's interesting that you know, you need to take a step further, right? Mm-hmm. And really actually, you know, really go deeper, get the mentoring from, from people who have actually done it and really been successful at doing it and really good at it. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's an interesting perspective to, to have because I had somebody once complaining, I think it was on LinkedIn or something. They were talking about, they were not making money because they were frustrated that so many people are getting into the marketplace with this licenses and stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, you can't, you can't necessarily stop people from getting that, but what you can do, you could do something about you to help yourself to get to the next level, right? Which is getting the right mentorship from the right people to, to be successful for you. Yeah, yeah. And you can, you can. And again, anybody who, who wants to do better than what they're doing right now, they need a mentor, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, um, you know, we're doing this podcast to, to open up uh, the channels, talk yeah. to us. So Wanda is a great person to have a conversation with. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, if an email is, is a way to start the communication, do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Jump in. Uh, you're going to regret things that you haven't done. Um, and uh, there's no reason for you not to have what you would like. I love that. There's no reason for you not to have what you what you like in, in your or life. Like I or think. love. Yeah. Yeah, like or love. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a powerful statement. Uh I'm so happy. I mean, I really enjoyed this conversation. And I'll be honest with you, I, you've actually mentored me throughout this conversation right now. Uh and uh I'm really because one of the things I tell people, and I'll be transparent with you because I've known you for for a while now. And I think the fact that you're still in the industry and you're successful, that tells me a lot about just how good you are, what you do, and in your your willingness to help people as well. But I tell people, the reason I started this podcast as well is I also wanted to do this for a younger vision of me. 
to be able to have the conversations that I didn't have when I was younger. Conversations that we procrastinate and we do them later in life. And then you look back, you're like, ah, when I was 19, 20, 23, 26, or even 30, if I had had that conversation then, that would have changed the trajectory of my life and, and the things that I would, I would have accomplished. So I'm really uh, thankful for that. So how can people reach you? if they wanna work with you or if they need some sort of support from you, or if they just wanna ask you, hey, how how is mentorship with you look like? How would that look like? If they want that information, how can they reach you? Um, I'm all over social media. I have an Instagram account, uh, Esther underscore real estate. You can follow me there. Uh, LinkedIn is a great spot. Uh, Facebook, I have some business pages as well. You guys can check it out. I have a YouTube channel all running on my name, Esther Seabach. It's easy to find me and my phone number should be there somewhere too. If you want to call me, text me, you can email me. Um, I offer free mentor mentoring for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever we need just to have a conversation. Um, and I encourage you to have that conversation uh, because like you said, Tawanda, if, if somebody had this conversation with me before I started everything, um, I would be way ahead. You know, um, not that the process uh, didn't teach me a lot, of course, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I could have done it in half the time if I had the right person mentoring me. Mm -hmm. And if I can be that person or Tawanda can be that person for you, please reach out, talk to us and, uh, you know, we'll set something up for you so that you can be even more successful than you are right now. I love it. I love it. This has been great. And, 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 and I couldn't agree more. I think I would encourage people to reach, to reach out to you, have a conversation with you and just talk about, you know, mentorship, research investment and, and, and how to get the support that they need. And I'll be honest with you, you and I need to get in touch because we need to talk about how we can, how I need to talk about that condo by the water. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I'm, 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 that's, that's a picture that's staying with me right now as I talk to you. So we need to have a conversation about, okay, the condo by the water, how do we make that happen? So expect an email or phone call from me. And I mean that when I say that. Uh, so, no problem. Yeah, uh, for real, for real. I'll be reaching out to you to talk about how we can make that happen. And so uh, is there anything else you want to share with, with our audience before we, we finish up, uh, uh, wrap up things up? Uh, just cheers to you. Perhaps if you listen to the whole conversation, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I hope you took something away. Um, even if it's just to, to prompt you to give me a call or to wonder a call, it would be wonderful um, because we can, we can propel you forward uh, with whatever you want, you know? And right now is a really, really good time to make a move in any sense. You know, why would you wait to, to live a happy and, and uh, free life, financially free, you know? Spend your uh, Christmas, New Year's away. Uh, take two weeks vacation, not one. Um, travel to Europe because you haven't seen hungry <laughs> you know so wonderful come and visit right so let's let's get those uh dreams ahead of us let's envision those those condos with the view or or the dream vacation you know and and let's make that happen for you wonderful i love that yeah i think why why wait why take the time so thank you so much as uh uh, for sharing that uh, with our audience. And uh, this has been the episode of the Becoming a Willing Student podcast. And I'm your host, Tawanda. And my guest today was Esther Seabrook. And we were talking about real estate investment and how to be financially free. 
and, and, and live the life you want. So thank you so much for joining us and for tuning in. I wish you an amazing week and I will talk to you soon. Bye, bye for now.